His and Hers Horror features two adults discussing horror movies, serial killers, and other spooky content that may not be suitable for some listeners. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to His and Hers Horror. My name is Tia. And I'm David. And I hope everyone's having a good spooky month. Yeah, I hope so. I mean, it's weird because of the way the world is in the year of our goddess 2020. Yeah. But uh, that doesn't mean we can't still have fun. It's been such a long year. It's been... This year feels like it's gone on for like a decade. It, it boggles the mind. So today... In our third episode of Spooky Month, we are talking killer attractions. You're a killer attraction. Oh, thank you. <laughs> I don't know. Why is that funny? I don't know. I'm, I'm, I'm being serious. <laughs> so killer attractions in this sense has two meanings. Mm-hmm. Uh, killer meaning awesome and killer as in it will kill you. Most people seek out the former rather than the latter. Yes. So this year, not this year, every year, <laughs> every year except for this year, probably, yeah. uh, all across this this great nation of ours, haunted house attractions spring up. Right. There's good ones, there's bad ones, there's ones that are kind of middling, and that's what we're talking about today. We are talking about movies and a handful of video games. Mm-hmm that feature either an amusement park or some sort of like haunted house attraction, something like that. Right. There are actually more of them than I thought there would be when we first were planning this episode. And uh, I'm really glad that I found quite a few. Oh, yeah. I think it's going to be fun. Yeah. You know, this is actually the first year in in my memory at all, which reaches pretty far back, Mm -hmm. that I haven't seen ads for a haunted house somewhere. I haven't heard ads for a haunted house somewhere, but you know, the way the world is, you know, the haunted houses, uh, you stay in your haunted house and I'll stay in my haunted house. And, uh, I'm sure there are some that are still happening, but I don't, I'm not sure how I'm, sh- I don't know. Yeah. It's one of those things where since it's only done during a certain period of time, they had a lot of time to prepare. So who, who, who knows? Virtual I, haunted house. R- well, maybe. Or you could just watch some movies that have haunted houses and spooky attractions. Yeah. Did you ever go to like a one of these kind of deals? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Um, actually, uh, one of my sisters, uh, she she took me to a haunted house. I believe it was called Fright Fest. No, not Fright Fest. That's the Six Flags thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't remember what on earth it was called. Any of our St. Louis listeners that may recall uh, something in the mid-90s, uh, downtown St. Louis... Honestly, for the life of me, can't remember what it was called. I just remember there was a guy that, towards the end that uh, came at us with a chainsaw, and I cocked back like I was going to punch him. And he said, dude, if you hit me, you're thrown out. I'm like, I'm at the end of the thing. What are you going to do? Yeah, there are uh, there are several in St. Louis that I know of. I'm sure Kansas City, too, where they're just like they take over like an, ab- like an abandoned hotel or something like mm-hmm. that. St. Louis and Kansas City are really good places to do that, not so much Columbia. Although there was one near my college for mm-hmm. a while, Necropolis. Right, right, right. Is what it was called. And then there's one out, if you leave Columbia going towards Kansas City, there's one at the Midway exit mm-hmm. called uh, Fear Fest. 
Right. That is one that I I have gone through. It's been about 15 years since I did, and that sentence makes me feel very old. Well, the the one I was talking about in St. Louis, uh, I went when I was a... I want to say I was a sophomore in high school, so 95? Yeah. No, 94. This was after... This was after I graduated high school, but before I turned 21. So the very set period of t- very small period of time, like of a couple of years. My last haunted house was over a quarter century ago. Yes. Yes, it was. There, now you don't have to feel so old. I, I mean, I still feel old. It has nothing to do with it. Mm. But uh, I was there with a friend and her boyfriend and her brother. Mm-hmm. And we basically were just kind of like essentially running through the damn thing. Right. And somehow we ended up outside the maze. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, I have no idea how we ended up outside the maze, but one of the staff was kind enough to direct us back to where we needed to go and uh, broke character long enough when we asked her, is there anything else left? And she's like, well, there's a guy with a chainsaw, but if you just keep running, you'll get past him really quickly. And that's when I learned that if I'm ever in a horror film situation... I don't give a fuck about whoever I'm with because I was at the head of the line and we're running through this open area and all of a sudden all these lights come on and I hear a chainsaw rev and I heard my friend scream and I kept running until I got back to my car. Mm. Yup, because that's how I roll apparently. (laughs) So now that we've had that little diversion. I mean, it's entirely on topic. It is on topic. But now that we've had it, it's time for dun, 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 This Week in Horror. Woo! Yeah! This Week in Horror is a segment where we talk about horror news, stuff we've been watching recently, let you all know about any trailers that you might want to check out. No trailers this week, unfortunately. Hmm. But I do have a couple pieces of horror news and okay. uh, two movies for, for y'all to check out. So horror news. Mm-hmm. I am deeply saddened. So the Halloween Kills, which was the sequel to the 2018 Halloween sequel. In the third reality timeline, fourth reality timeline. Third or fourth timeline, yeah, Yeah. I'm not exactly sure. It was originally supposed to come out this week and has unfortunately, due to events happening in the world, been pushed back to next year. October of next year, actually. Well, at least we've got something to count down to. Uh, yes. Yeah, I know. It just It's kind of a bummer because we just got that sweet teaser trailer not that long ago. Mm-hmm. And so I was really excited for it. I was kind of hoping it would just go VOD. That's my thing is there's a lot of stuff that it would, if it would just go VOD, like people would pay to see it. If mm-hmm. you told me I could pay, like I know we've had this conversation yeah. before on the podcast. Uh, in real life and on the podcast, that if you told me I could pay 30 bucks to just watch the new Halloween movie in my house, mm-hmm. I'd pay it. Yeah. I kind of get why studios aren't doing that, but I feel like it's just, it's punishing the fans at this point. Yeah, and uh, one thing that worries me is the studios that hold something back saying, no, we're just going to wait till things normalize and release it in theaters. One, there's the big scary what if. What if things don't normalize? I was just going to leave it as what if. Well. But yeah, thanks. You're welcome. (laughs) And two, any type of topical reference 
you may have worked into your film mm-hmm. is going to be completely old hat or lost on the audience by the time it is no longer going to be relevant. Right. Exactly. I, it's kind of a bummer, but you're right. It does give us something to look forward to in theory, something that has not been canceled this year because of the things that are going on in the world. So every year, at least for the last two years, there's a gaming channel that David and I watch. Uh, it's actually t- technically two channels. Yeah. That is out of the UK. I think they're actually based in London, I want to say, but I don't know for sure. Yes, because they record when back before they were recording their um, D&D stuff at the loading bar, which is in London. But outside Xbox and outside Extra are two gaming channels that we follow on YouTube. And for the last couple of years, they've done this stuff, this thing called Hallow Stream where for like the two weeks leading up to Halloween every day, they'll do like different live streams and uh, they just posted their schedule. They start the 19th. So that'll be a couple days before this episode actually gets posted, but I've already posted their schedule on our Twitter. So yeah, I saw that. Yeah. They've got some good stuff coming down and different live streams of games and uh, I think they're also planning on doing like some new D&D stuff. Yeah. Uh, with to the close adventures. Yeah. It, which it, I'm really excited about. Some good stuff. Mm-hmm. I highly recommend if you want to check out last year they did a um, they did a Hitman 2 live stream mm. that was I occasionally will rewatch just because it's really funny. It's really amusing. So that's all the the news news that I have. We have watched two newer horror movies this week. Yeah, both actually came out this year. Both came out this year. Both of them are Shutter exclusives. I highly recommend checking them out. Uh, the first is The Cleansing Hour. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That Holy was... shit. We did an episode a while back on Demonic Possession, and and this one kind of looks at the exorcism approach, and uh, specifically on a priest, if you can't hear the air quotes there, I think he is technically a priest. He's just has... Who's left the church. Yeah. He's left the church. I don't think he's technically been excommunicated. Who basically does these live stream exorcism events every week. Yeah. Well, shit gets real. Yeah. Yeah, it is very good. I I didn't go... I didn't expect much going into it just Mm-mm. because I usually try and keep my expectations low when it comes to movies I don't know too much about. Yeah. It was not bad. No, it wasn't bad at all. Uh, I mean, it, it's got a tight cast, some likable characters. The young man whose name I keep forgetting, who uh, played Cassidy Casablancas on Veronica Mars. Kyle Gellner. Kyle Gellner, yes. Yeah. Uh, he's in it, and I didn't recognize him. And at first, it, there were a couple shots that I could have swore he was, um, oh, from her. Joaquin Phoenix. Yes, you know, world-renowned star Joaquin <laughs> Phoenix. He's, he's just got a mustache, and there were a couple shots. I was like, man, he looks like... Yeah, it was really fun because uh, David was able, David was focusing on the demonic stuff and I was calling out the Catholicism bullshit. Yeah, well, I'm like researching demons, trying to deduce which demon it was. Like he's Um, doing legit research and I'm like, there's no way that shit's Vatican approved. (laughs) (laughs) It was a blast. Then the other one I have, we actually just watched last night, the Mortuary Collection. Oh, yeah, yeah, that was. That one was also really good. Some of the it's so it's basically like an anthology mm-hmm. with a wraparound story in the same vein as Tales from the Hood, Tales from the Hood Two, VHS, uh, without the found footage bent, that kind of thing. Right. 
But Clancy Brown plays the mortuary owner or worker, uh, Montgomery Dark. And basically this girl shows up claiming that she's looking for a job. And all over this dude's office, there are books. And each basically each book contains the story of not only how a person died, but why they died. So basically during this job interview and everything, she's having him tell her these stories. Yeah. Some of them are a little slower than others. Yeah. One thing with anthology series in general, there's always one section that I'm like, if you had cut that like three minutes earlier, we would have been cool. But Mm -hmm. they were all good. It's just I felt one small section of the film was a bit overlong. But that's literally my only complaint. Yeah. My two favorites were the one with the frat brother. Oh, yeah. And the one with the babysitter. Yes, that was that was definitely definitely good i will say the opening story actually was kind of fun because i'm like wow are we going lovecraftian mm-hmm. and it never really you never really learn you never really well the old gods never really tell fair enough all right so that is all we have this week for this week in horror wow and i know i know well we've actually talked more <laughs> than for the this week in horror than we ever have before but I think that's just because the stuff is also kind of fresh in our minds and stuff we're excited about. Not that we're not always excited. That sounded shitty. My bad. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so on to the main attraction, which is killer attractions. And some of these movies, <laughs> fuck off at you laughing at my singing. It was just unexpected and I'm delighting in it. That's all. I do it all. I don't know why it's unexpected. We've been together for almost 10 years. You'd think you would know by now. Yeah, this is true. <laughs> All right. I put these in some sort of weird or the ones that I didn't that I'm not as big a fan of. I put at the top just so we could go ahead and get them out of the way. Get them out of the way. Rip the bandaid off. Essentially, yes. The first one being the house's October belt, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. which came out in 2014. Yes, it did. There is a sequel. Yep. Haven't bothered with the sequel because I didn't like the first movie. I enjoyed the first movie up until the end. Yeah. So essentially the the premise of the film is there are these five friends and they are looking for the ultimate haunted house attraction. So they're on this road trip and they're just kind of stopping every so often to go to one of these, you know, haunts and never really happy with it. But as they're on their way, they are being stalked by this mysterious group of people that are kind of intent on giving them the ultimate scare that they're looking for. Mm -hmm. And while that is ultimately a great premise and a good setup, it doesn't really go anywhere. Yeah. It's one of those movies that just kind of ends. And I hate that shit. Yeah. Like I'm okay. There are some movies that just kind of end and it's fine. I, the Blair Witch Project, I would say, is one of those. The Blair Witch Project just kind of ends, but it ends on such a high tension note that when it hits and it the, the credits roll and it's just like, for more information, go to this website, you're like, wait, what? I mean, because you want there to be more. Yeah, and, and I mean, this, you know, the houses that October built didn't end necessarily with a blatant title card saying, if you want to know more information about what happened to these people, go to this website. But But I will say... It may as well have. It may as well have. It, it just ended and it made me, instead of making me go, wait, I want more. It made me go, are you fucking kidding me? Is that it? Kind of the way with uh, The Devil Inside did the same thing where I was like, really? 
that's it. That's where you're going to end this. Okay. So yeah, I haven't seen the sequel. I probably won't. I mean, if nothing else, I learned that I could make my own beard oil from that movie. Did you wait? Really? Yeah. There's a whole conversation in the van. Um, the dude with the beard. That's kind of likable. Oh, um, okay. He was talking about his beard oil. Oh. That's when I started making beard oil and buying all that stuff to make beard oil. And oh, that's cool. what inspired it. So, I mean, it, I, there was a positive from the movie. Well, I, okay, then hooray. Here's, here's the thing, though. I mean, I'm not trying to shit on this movie, necessarily. I just want them to finish it. Maybe, maybe the sequel... Actually, maybe the, we do need to watch the sequel, because maybe the sequel actually finishes it. Then that's a ballsy way to end the first movie. Yeah, I... Yeah. I don't like movies and video games that set themselves up for a sequel if unless the sequel has already gotten a green light. Yeah. If you have already been told 100% you are getting a sequel, do not sequel bait me. Because if you sequel bait me and then nothing else happens after that, that pisses me off. That's entertainment blue balls. Exactly. It sucks. It's so horrible. I hate it. So the next one I have is one I actually forgot existed until I was doing research. <laughs> Oh, one of the forgotten ones, huh? It's it's one of those ones where I don't remember... I don't even remember why we didn't like it. Okay. Because you'd think from the setup, you'd think that we would enjoy it, but there must have been something we didn't like because I completely forgot this movie. Well, if there's something we didn't like, I'll probably remember why. So the, the Funhouse Massacre mm. from 2015. Mm-hmm. Essentially, there are six serial killers that escape from a local quote, high security mental facility. Is that the one where Robert England is like their doctor? And he's in the beginning for like a hot second. Yeah. 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 But they escape mm. and they basically set up shop at this local Halloween amusement park that just happens to have sections themed after each one of their crimes. That's so they why basically, we didn't like it. It was, it was so ham-fisted. Yeah. And just... Because they show up at the park and they kill the actors that are playing them and take their places in the park, basically. Mm -hmm. So there's one guy who's like a killer dentist and he's called Dr. Suave. And so he takes that guy's place. There's a cult leader called Mental Manny. First of all, that's a terrible name for a cult leader. Yeah, it's... Yeah, I know. Again, Robert England was in it for like... I was a... For very that, that was our draw, wasn't it? That was our draw, yeah. That, and I think we saw a trailer and we're like, well, this looks fucking cool. Yeah. Because that the idea of serial killers posing as actors playing them is not a bad one. I mean, it's it's like a, that's pretty meta. It is, but it, in in the right hands, it could work, you know? Yeah. But the hands that did this were not the right hands. I don't think. <laughs> but yeah. Again, I honestly forgot this movie existed until I was like, haunted attraction horror films, and this one popped up, and I was like, oh, right. Right. And I, I couldn't even remember if we'd actually seen it at first. Right. And we, we started discussing it, and it was the fact that I remembered Robert England was at the in the very beginning of it that I'm like, oh, well, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, that movie. And when I realized that was pretty much all I could remember from it, other than a bathroom scene. Mm-hmm. When, when the bathroom scene is the only other thing that sticks out in your head for a movie you watched? Eh. Yeah, fair enough. So now I'm getting into the stuff that I actually really like. Okay. And these, I have, I have three that I really, really like. Okay. One of which I have to give a shout out to 
once again, I know I mentioned them last week, Andrew and Maddie from Friday the 13th, mm-hmm. because I was listening to their Halloween episode from 2018, and that's how I found out this movie existed. Oh, yeah. I had yeah, never yeah. I had never heard of it before, but they described it, and I quickly looked it up. It was available to watch online, and I'm like, okay, we need to watch this. It was worth every penny that we paid to rent it online. Oh, yeah. I would love to have a physical copy. Like, I'm sure I could buy it digitally, but I want the DVD or the Blu-ray in my hands. So I know I always have it somewhere. I will make sure that that happens. It's called Bloodfest. It's so so great. It's, it is the horror movie fans horror movie. Mm -hmm. It's so fucking meta. It's Oh, God. It it, it honestly needs to go up there with, like, Cabin in the Woods as far as, like... Oh, my God, yes. You know, there's fan service that's pandering, and then there's fan service that's almost respectful. I think it's because the creators are also fans. Well, this is true. The the fan service that's pandering comes from people who think they know what the fans want. Hey, you local teens, do you (laughs) like this stuff? Yeah, that C. Buscemi, hello, fellow teens. Right. But, no, this is... These people... They're, they wear their love for the genre on their sleeve, and it's so great. And so before we continue to talk about how fucking great this movie is, let me give you guys a breakdown. So Bloodfest came out in 2018, and it's about this kid Dax and his friends. They're super pumped to go to this thing called Bloodfest. It's essentially this amusement park that is themed around their favorite horror movies. There's different sections of the park that are about different, like, Imagine if there was something in our world, there there was a horror movie themed amusement park and there was a Camp Crystal Lake section mm-hmm. and an Evil Dead section. Right. There was a Haddonfield section, you know, that kind of thing. That's basically what this is. And unfortunately, the guy in charge of the place has decided he wants to make a new movie. Essentially... A found footage film with real murders. So shit hits the fan real quick in this movie. Yeah. It's there's no there's no humming and hawing about is this really happening? Is this not really happening? You know, right away, people are actually being murdered. And not only are people actually being murdered, this dude figured out how to make zombies, how to make vampires how to make people who think they are the serial killers from the films that this shit is based on it's the level of work that had to go into this shit is insane and i love it yeah it's Uh, also he has a clown section there is a killer clown section yeah i think they just call it like clown town which i mean that's scary enough yeah yeah fuck clowns but Interestingly enough, so in doing research about this film, I found out part of why I think I we love it so much. It's by it was made by Rooster Teeth. Right. So if anybody's familiar with Red versus Blue or Ruby, or Achievement Hunter or Laser Team, Laser Yeah, yeah, it's the same guys. And Barbara Dunkelman. Barbara Dunkelman is actually in it. Yeah. Fun fact: her character's ringtone is the season one theme to Ruby. That's fucking awesome. Which I just thought was so fucking cute. Actually, when I was looking at it, I was looking at the cast and I was like, oh my God, I can't believe these people are in this because 
Tate Donovan is not as big a name any as now as he was in the nineties, but God, I, I remember still. him from Space Camp. Yeah, I remember. I used to watch Love Potion Number Nine all the time, mm-hmm. and I remember him from that. But Robbie Kay plays Dax. He was on Once Upon a Time for I think two seasons. He was Peter Pan, Rumpelstiltskin's father, uh, and then Jacob Batalon who plays Ned in the MCU Spider-Man movies is in it. Yeah. And I'm just like, I, as I love Andrew and Maddie, but I feel like they buried the lead by not telling me that Ned from Spider-Man was. In this. Fair enough. It's the characters are likable. Characters are likable. It's, I agree with their point that this is criminally underrated. Mm-hmm. It is so good. And I called it the horror fans horror film. There's so many sneaky little references. Mm-hmm. Like when they're hiding from the zombies, Dax asks one of his friends if any of the zombies are Snyder's or Boyle's, alluding yeah. to Zack Snyder and Danny, Danny Boyle, Boyle. For who Zack Snyder did the Dawn of the Dead remake. Danny Boyle did 28 Days Later, both of which had running zombies. So... The other thing I thought was cute that I didn't notice until later, Hotterton, mm-hmm. where the arborist is, yeah. it's named after Kane Hodder. Oh, shit. Yeah. I didn't even notice that. I didn't either until I was I was looking at notes and I was like, oh, fuck, you're right. It is. Which is so clever because considering the arborist's whole story of, of avenging his slain father and Jason's whole thing with his slain mother. It was it's still it's so good. It's hilarious. Yeah, it's, it's it's just as much a comedy as it is horror, but I mean it's distinctly horror, but it's so smart about it. You mm-hmm. know, they you know, several times they talk about following the rules, and if you know any of the rules of surviving a horror movie, you'll be able to play along and go, Oh dude, no, 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 no. You just broke a rule, don't Oh, don't do that. Yeah. It's it's very smart. It's mm-hmm. a lot smarter than I went into it thinking it was going to be. If yeah. that makes any kind of sense. Oh, yeah. When, when the movie was over, the only thing I was upset about was the fact that I hadn't already seen it. That we hadn't seen it before? Yeah. I know. I'd never heard of it. And here's the thing that Andrew and Maddie kind of pointed out is this this came out the same year as Hellfest. They actually did a side-by-side comparison in their 2018 October episode. Mm-hmm. And I kind of agree with them. I think part of the reason why Bloodfest didn't do as well is Bloodfest didn't get a theatrical release. But here's the thing. Most stuff by Rooster Teeth doesn't get a theatrical release. I feel like if this had, it might have grossed more. That being said, I kind of want to buy every one of our friends a copy. <laughs> you know what I mean? I want yeah. ev- I want more people to see this movie. It is so fucking good. Yeah, absolutely. It's so funny. So speaking of Hellfest, let's move on to Hellfest. Let's go. It was one of those ones I was kind of already, I already really wanted to see. And that is because I I have a small crush on Bex Taylor Klaus, who played the girl you liked with the short spiky hair. Mm-hmm. I think her I think the character's name actually is Taylor. Yeah. Yeah, she plays Taylor. I love them. They are they're so cute in everything they do. I their whole aesthetic is just chef's kiss. So I have like a small little nerdy crush on them. Fair. Also, fucking Tony Todd is in it, and I love him. He's like barely in it, but well, he's all he's also like the the voiceover announcer for like, yeah for like some of the events and and stuff. And so at first I was like, what? So 
they're crediting Tony Todd because they use some recordings. But no, dude's actually he in ac- it. He actually is in it for like a hot minute. I, I'm pretty sure he's in Hellfest longer than Robert England is in the Funhouse Massacre, to be perfectly honest. Absolutely. So Hellfest, all, again, also came out in 2018. Natalie, the lead girl, mm. she's come home from college for a visit with her friends. And they decide they're going to head out to Hellfest. Right. Which is a horror-themed amusement park. And there is a masked serial killer that basically has made that amusement park his personal hunting grounds. And because of the way that these parks work, when Natalie's friends start to get picked off one by one, the other patrons and the park staff don't believe her. They're like, oh, it's just that's it's not real. Your friend is probably fine or they're just fucking with you. You know, we can't you know, we can't detain somebody for scaring you that's their job that's what you paid for right and basically it gets down to where it's just her and a couple of her and one or two of her friends are left and they have to try and get out and with their lives what made me sad was that a handful of the primary cast i found kind of unlikable and then i started warming up to them and then they died yeah (laughs) yeah Yeah. you know it's it, it was a sad investment I mean, it's, it was a good movie, but, but it's I mean... A, yeah, it's it's very good. It's it's clever. Mm-hmm. It kind of... I don't know. I, I don't know what I'm trying to say here. <laughs> but it's it's very smart. It's not... It's kind of your typical slasher, but it also is a little nuanced in the way that the killer kind of goes about things, because this is not this guy's first time doing this. Right. There's a, you know, there's a cold open... Where basically, I think it's three years prior to the events of the film, mm-hmm. where he killed a girl and hung her up in, an, in another one of these haunts. And everybody just thought she was a prop until she started to smell. Right. And there have been in various, you know, scary storybooks that I've read throughout my, you know, my childhood and my young adult life, where that's the thing is there's a kid who wanders into a haunted house and discovers that a corpse is real. It's, it's a, it's a classic urban legend, mm-hmm. but this one just kind of takes it that little notch further. And I love that. I do have one thing. Why the fuck does he hum pop goes the weasel? I don't know. So one other thing I do want to bring up is the ending. Mm. I think we've mentioned before we are spoilerific on occasion. Yeah. The the ser- the killer in this instance does not get caught. I don't know how he gets stabbed. So yeah. I don't know how he can just go home. Again, this ain't his first rodeo. Maybe he's got a blood stopper pack or something. May I don't know, but um, first aid kit. Basically, the the survivors you see them outside. They're talking to the cops, and the cops are like, "Oh, we haven't found him yet, but don't worry, we'll keep looking." And then it cuts away, and you see this van driving through just your typical idyllic American suburb Mm -hmm. and he pulls into this garage opens up a lockbox and inside this locked box there are different terrifying masks as well as what are clearly trophies right from him doing this before I don't think we ever find out exactly how many times but if you count them there's like seven masks at least at least and then there's a bunch of little trinkets, like there's Mardi Gras beads, there's like Polaroid photos, little jewelry bits and bobs, that kind of thing. 
So he takes off the mask that he's been wearing that night and puts it in there with the photos that he stole from uh, Natalie and her friend. So he goes into the house and there's this little girl sleeping, watching a scary movie. And I think at first you're kind of like, oh, shit, is something going to happen to this little girl? I mean, it's clear that that's what they want you to think. But this dude lives here. So why? It's clearly his house. So she wakes up and she's like, Daddy, I missed you. And he gives her a doll that he had had taken off one of his victims, actually. And that's the end of the movie. Yeah. It's so good, though. I think it's good. There's there's one section, actually, a couple little bits in that movie that, uh-huh. like, I wasn't really sure how to phrase it until the movie was over and I had some time to think about it. And, and that was that it was, like, so, like, in-your-face heterosexual. Yes, it's extremely heteronormative. I don't know. It's, it's aggressively masculine. It is, it is kind of aggressively masculine. Like, oh, I have to go. I can't win this girl a carnival prize, so I'm going to go steal one. Well, after he tries to buy one. After he tries to buy one, he just try, he just decides, well, fuck it. I guess I'm going to go steal one. Dude, just buy her some fries. Yeah, I mean, tuck away your fragile masculinity and just fucking. Yeah, seriously. Be real. Be you. Yeah. I mean, she already liked him. That's already a meat to, cute. Yeah, she already liked him. He didn't need to do anything else. Right. I mean, they could have had a story that they could have laughed at, you know, 30, 50 years from now about how he spent he spent so much money trying to win this this prize. And that would have been his really sweet, heartwarming story. Yeah. Instead of bleeding out on the ground in an alley. I mean, getting his head fucking caved in. Well, yeah. Which... It was both an amusing kill and also when I called, like, what, 30 seconds beforehand? Yeah. Well, and I also remember at the beginning when one of the one of the uh, haunters picks up Taylor and runs off and her boyfriend is like, I'm going to need her back, dude. Yeah. It's like, first of all, she's not your fucking property. Second of all, make an attempt. I mean, dude had pecs. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, I mean. Make, some, make a fucking effort. I mean, I, seriously. Well, I mean, that's kind of the whole... And then the, the the whole thing with that fragile ego, fragile masculinity thing, mm-hmm. it, it goes back to the killer itself, really, mm-hmm. because he targets, he basically targets the people who say he's not scary. And so it's like, oh, really? You don't think I'm scary? Well, I'm going to fucking kill you. It's like, okay, I'm so sorry that I dented your tiny fucking ego, I guess. Like, get over it. This isn't even actually your job. You're just being an asshole. Yeah. I mean, isn't, isn't there some sort of, like, Carney's union or something that these folks would belong to? There, I'm sure there is some sort of, like, haunters, an- haunters group. I thought you were going to say haunters anonymous. No, 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 no. <laughs> uh, maybe there's one of those two. I don't know. But, like, there's probably, I'm sure that that community is very close-knit. Because the horror movie community in general tends yeah. to be pretty tight, depending on what you do mm-hmm. exactly. But... So I imagine people that act in and run those kind of haunted attractions, there's definitely got to be, there's got to be a set of rules. Yeah. And, and definitely some sort of, I mean, even if it's a local organization or, or something or, you know, group of people that travel around and do it, it's like, something. you know, Hey, you know, don't hire that guy. He's, he's always shows up drunk or whatever, you know, right. so they can keep track of that stuff. He, he's taking someone's job, if nothing else. 
Not even that, because he's not. They didn't hire him. He just right. shows up. I know. He's giving them a bad name. I know. So the last one I have is my absolute favorite. Mm-hmm. It is found footage. So if you're not into, if you're not into found footage, I get that. But this one, I would go ahead and watch it anyway because it's that fucking good. Hell House LLC. Oh shit! Yeah. Uh, came out in 2015. And this one is interesting and unique in that it isn't about the people going to the haunted house. It is about the people who make it. Yeah. So essentially, there's this group. It's kind of it's it's kind of the thing that they do every year. They basically they show up at, at some new place. They buy like a shitty rundown building, and they make it into this haunted attraction that basically runs for you know the month of October. And this year they have bought this place that is rumored to have been where uh, it's called the Abaddon Hotel, which. That should have been their first fucking clue that shit was not great. Well, and the town's called Abaddon, too. Is it? I yeah. Okay. Which, by the way, Abaddon's a demon. Yeah, Abaddon is a demon. So they buy this place. The, it's called the Abaddon Hotel. The guy who originally built it and owned it was said to have been basically trying to open a portal to hell or a hell dimension, something like that. So... They they buy it because they feel like that's going to add to the spook factor. Yeah, the, the mystique. Yeah. So basically, five years after an unexplained malfunction causes the deaths of 15 staff and customers at this haunted house tour, a documentary crew finds a survivor who's actually willing to talk to them. Not only is she willing to talk, she actually has footage of the events leading up to that night. And some from the night itself. Again, you kind of, if you know anything about demons and demonology, you know going into it that the fact that it's the town is called Abaddon and it's called the Abaddon Hotel is not good. Yeah. Um, why is it not good, David? I mean, other than being alphabetically first in my list, which usually is a bad sign. Uh, oh, I wasn't prepared for this part. Um, oh, I'm sorry. I thought you... No, I just brought it up to show you the picture. Oh, Okay. <laughs> Um, Does he command legions and stuff like that? Oh, oh, oh. Um, <laughs> let's see. This is one of those ones where it doesn't just have a bio. There's like all of this extra shit. All your notes that look like computer code. Well, because there's a lot of it there. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Abaddon is described as the destroyer, uh, the angel of the abyss, and as the king of a plague of locusts resembling horses with crowned human faces, women's hair, lion's teeth, wings, an iron breastplate, and a tail with a scorpion stinger uh, that torments for five months uh, anyone who does not have the seal of God on their foreheads. Oh, that does, all sounds bad. So so this, this demon has a crazy-ass rider. Yeah, a little bit. <laughs> Uh, a couple things I have to say about this film. Ooh, mental note. Great name for a band. Crazy Ass Writer. Yes. <laughs> True. So a couple things about this film. Mm-hmm. Anything that makes me out loud say nope or hell no is one that I'm going to recommend. Yeah. And we were taking turns doing that. Like, what the fuck? Absolutely not. Mm-mm. Absolutely. Mm-mm. <laughs> yeah, there were several times where this, it was just him go making that mm-mm noise. Mm-mm. And me going, nope, uh-uh, no, 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 no. You talking about the jank-ass clowns? That's one of them. Yeah. And the dude who had the, ca- the where he kept f- seeing stuff in his room. 
Yeah, yeah, nope. Oh my god, because they're not just making this place into a haunted attraction, they're also living there. Yeah. Which, no. Absolutely not. It's, oh god, it's so good. It's so, it's so good and so creepy. The ending is fucking phenomenal. There are two sequels, both of which are on Shudder. Actually, all three movies are on Shudder. Mm-hmm. I might have to watch the other two, just because I'm curious. I'll, I feel like there doesn't necessarily... It the first film stands well on its own. It, yeah, it's, it stands well on its own. I'm, I'm willing to give the others a shot. Yeah. As long as they leave those janky-ass clowns. The fucking clowns. So, so there are these clown dolls that that someone gets a bright idea, and I'm talking like adult male human size clown dolls. I'm sorry, at that point, it's not a doll; it's a it's a weapon. Yeah. Um. And at least one of them kind of moves periodically. Yeah. And stands in doorways. Nope. No, yeah, thank that's, you. Uh, that's a solid no. That's a solid I quit. That's a solid uh, see you next Tuesday. No, thank you. I don't think so. Anyway. <laughs> oh, that's a swear. What? What is? I said see you next Tuesday. Oh, okay. You were doing a Jules Gill, and I didn't know. I didn't mean, I mean, probably not even on Tuesday. Probably next so you year. you absolutely never get the fuck out of my life forever. Yeah. Yeah, fair enough. So I have three honorable mentions. Okay. One of these I have seen, but it's been a while. Mm-hmm. So I didn't feel like I could comfortably talk about it. Fair. The other two I have not seen. Okay. Uh, the first one is Dark Ride, which was actually part of the After Dark Horror Fest 8 Films to Die For at one point. Mm. The next one is just called The Fun House. And the last one is a classic. And I may have seen this when I was a kid, but if I did, I do not remember. Okay. Something wicked this way comes. Mm. I I have no idea if I've if I've seen it or not, but it also has a scary carnival from what I can gather. And then I have three video games oh. that have spooky amusement parks for various reasons. So the first I'm going to mention is Silent Hill Three. Mm-hmm. There is an amusement park section that you have to go through. On I couldn't find the name of this park specifically online. But when I asked Liz, mm-hmm. she said it was just called the Lakeside Amusement Park, as far as she knew. Yeah. So she's so. she's my Silent Hill authority for the time being. So. <laughs> if, yeah. Yeah. So Lakeside Amusement Park. Then there is Whispering Oaks. Whispering Oaks. <laughs> Whispering Oaks is the name of the amusement park in the dark carnival section of left for dead two mm-hmm. it is one of the it's, it's a good section i think because you don't start out at the carnival you end up there and i think the so the first section is you on your way there but then the second third and fourth sections are actually at the park although it, sometimes it seems like it's more of a fairground than a park Mm. But there's, it's clear that there's some stuff that's like permanent, permanent installations kind of deal. It, it honestly reminds me like a, of the, um, like Six Flags kind of deal. Uh, the last one, I've never played this game, but I think it is available on uh, Xbox One. So I might have to look into it at some point. And that is uh, The Park. Mm, not familiar with it. Well, when, once I start describing it, I think you'll remember. 
because I know they've talked about this on Outside Xbox before. Um, when they were doing that video, uh, What Happens Next, and they were showing them playing different, like, spooky video games. Oh, right, 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 right. This is the one where that woman is going in. She goes into an amusement park. It's called the Atlantic Island Park. And it's been abandoned, but she's going there looking for her son. Mm. And she keeps seeing this giant boogeyman figure. Jason. Uh, his name is Callum. But, yeah. Callum. Callum. <laughs> so she's essentially she's looking she's looking for her son she sees this giant boogeyman every once in a while who's kind of like a babadook looking motherfucker Mm -hmm. and it's it's one of those survival horror atmospheric horror in in the same vein i think kind of like a five nights at freddy's kind of deal i think from what i can gather Mm. but with more exploration Oh, so you can move beyond one spot, so... Yeah, one of the clips that I distinctly remember is there was a bit... I think it was when uh, Andy was playing. They're in, like, a Tunnel of Love thing, and the head on the boat, the swan... Because the boat is meant to look like a swan. Right. And the head just slowly turns and stares at you before turning back around. I don't know. I thought it was creepy. Kind of sounds like Sanity's Requiem a bit. A a little bit. Mm. There's various endings, I think, depending on the choices that you make. It's one of those. Do I get funnel cake? Do I get, you know, candy? Well, it's abandoned, so there is no funnel cake. (laughs) Well, then what's the point in going? I know. What's the point? There's no funnel cake. I know. Not my son. God, no, I want funnel cake. I bet there's a way to do it. I bet I can make funnel cake at home. Now I'm thinking about it. Okay. All right. (laughs) Did you have anything else to add before we wrap this up? Fuck clowns. Fuck. That's just your typical stance in general. It's just fuck clowns. That, I could, we could be doing an episode on literally anything, and I could be like, do you have anything else to say? And your response would be, fuck clowns. Look, if, if you are a human being that happens to also be a clown, I don't mean to offend you. I'm talking about clowns in film specifically made to look terrifying. I'm not trying to hurt you or your family's feelings. That we, being said, I still haven't forgiven that clown that ate that bite of my hot dog. At the circus, that damn one from Poltergeist, or the ones from Hell House LLC, y'all just keep renewing your membership to the Fuck You Club. To the Hell No Club. Yeah. The ones in uh, Bloodfest are also not great. Yeah, they're not great, but actually they weren't nearly as bad as I had hoped. Or feared. Fair. One of the two. Fair enough. So thank you guys for listening. Again, I hope you guys are having a, a good and safe spooky month. Again, you can follow us on Twitter at H2HorrorCast. You can send us your email movie suggestions and topic suggestions to uh, H2HorrorCast at gmail.com. We have a Facebook page. If you are listening to us on iTunes and you want to help us out, you can uh, rate us and leave a review. That actually does legit help us out just because of the way that algorithms and stuff work the more and better reviews we have the higher up the list we are when it comes to stuff getting recommended to people so it does legitimately help us out so if you guys want to do that we would certainly appreciate it yeah thank thank you to everybody who's been with us from the start and thank you to everyone who's new new this episode yes uh thank you liz for accepting my last minute silent hill frantic silent hill dm where i'm just like quick what's the name of the park (laughs) Uh, our friends get random messages for me sometimes and it's hilarious in fairness we get random messages too when they listen to the episodes and and we have to just 
remember that we said something in an oh episode. Oh, okay. Kelsey does it all the time, and it's always so great. <laughs> I just get her. I got one this morning because she's she's a little behind, so she's just now listening to the kid friendly horror episode, uh-huh. and she goes, "I just get a I just got a message this morning on my phone in all caps that just says, I love the worst wish.'" <laughs> And it's it makes my day every time it happens. I I love all of our friends. They're so great. And I love all of our listeners. You all are so great. Yeah. And so until next time, I'm still Tia. And I'm still David. I was curious if that was going to fuck you up no, again. No, I, w- I wasn't going to let you break me that time. <laughs> and thank you for listening. Bye. Music for this episode was Out of Time by Shane Ivers of Silverman Sound. Our artwork was created by Catherine Nixon.